honestly, it doesn't get much worse than the Democrat Party and Democrat politicians. How about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's tweet today? So yesterday, and we uh, talked about it, Joe Manchin comes out um, on the Twitter box and says, defund the police, defund my West Virginia butt, right? And so AOC posts a photo in response to that of her just giving Manchin the death stare. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the thing though, AOC, you and your squad are literally all talk, no action whatsoever. Nancy Pelosi is Speaker of the House because of AOC and her squad. And Rashida Tlaib, you know, we have to embrace our base. Oh, really? Because both of you, even after Pelosi said, yeah, the, the squad doesn't speak for the Democrat Party, you guys did nothing about it. You guys backed down because you wanted funding funding for your congressional races. Uh, races. You didn't have the the ability in you, you know, the courage to stand up and fight back against Nancy Pelosi, and they just backed down. So why Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez thinks she has so much power inside the Democrat Party right now is just totally beyond me. And she listens to Nancy Pelosi. She bows down to Pelosi. She bows down to Schumer. She takes their instructions. There's no Democrats in the House or in the Senate that don't listen and do exactly what they're told. They don't think for themselves. In fact, they don't have the ability to do that. AOC thinks she's going to conjure up this, this Green New Deal, which, by the way, Joe Biden uh, said, yeah, that is, in fact, my energy plan goes beyond the Green New Deal, $93 trillion, totally bankrupt this country. It just, it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense, much like Biden's so-called election and how the media have already called it. By the way, there's no state that has certified that Joe Biden has officially won that state yet. Again, this is all just media projection at this point in time. Um, so yeah, AOC, I, you know, she thinks she's so popular, right? Because she believes that America is run. And this is something that, um, uh, Rush always highlights is that the Democrat party and people like AOC, uh, and the, uh, mainstream media in particular, the New York times believes that America is Twitter. America is not Twitter. That's why I call it the Twitter box because it's literally just a box of of mainly Democrats who go onto Twitter, voice their opinion. There's no pushback whatsoever. There's comments from people that you know have nothing better to do with their lives. And by the way, there's a story today that highlights that, and we're going to get into that as the program um, develops. So, like I've continuously said about AOC, don't pay her any attention. You know, she is one of the best things that's ever happened to the Republican Party. Just show AOC and her record. Here she she stands out and, and, and she's so, wow, she's so brave and so courageous. She stands up to Nancy Pelosi. Well, in actuality, no, she doesn't. And her squad is the exact same way. They're all talk, no action. Now, changing subjects as far as that goes, I'll tell you something about Barack Hussein Obama, President Hope and Change.
Well, he actually took action, and now he is doing an interview. How funny is this, right? Nothing as far as any sit-down interview with Barack Hussein Obama all throughout the and what they believe to be the Trump presidency and now the end of the Trump presidency. I don't believe it. I believe Donald J. Trump was uh, re-elected. I believe he was re-elected handily. So Barack Hussein Obama, though, now he's going to do an interview with 60 Minutes? Look at the timing and make no mistake about it. He was dying to do an interview all throughout the Trump presidency. Um, however, he thought, you know, oh, I might get a tough question here about it. And by the way, don't hold your breath. It probably wouldn't have come from the mainstream media um, at all, who are by far the, the lowest of the lowest as far as um, reporting. You can't even call it reporting. They refuse to even ask uh, Joe Biden. They, you know, they refuse to ask him a hard question throughout the entire campaign. You know, it was an entire joke. Um, but Barack Hussein Obama decides to sit down with 60 Minutes. I think the interview will air this Sunday. And here's the biggest quote that you can take from the interview. He's accusing Donald Trump of delegitimizing our democracy. Well, that's funny because it wasn't Donald Trump that uh, directed the FBI and the CIA to spy on a campaign. What Barack Obama did is going to have implications for years to come. We know on, and, and here, I'll give you a timeline to highlight it all for you. March 26th, 2012, Barack Obama, talking to the uh, ambassador of uh, Russia, said, uh, tell Tell, tell, tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election. Okay, that's weird. What flexibility are you talking about, Barack? October 21st, 2016. Barack Obama. Stop stop whining, he's saying to Donald Trump. You know, stop whining. There's no, there's no evidence of interference. We haven't even had the election yet. But yet here, January, this is a date. This is such an infamous date. January 5th. 2017 there's a meeting in the oval office barack obama brings in joe biden he brings in at the time the acting attorney general sally yates he brings in the fbi director jim comey um the cia director john brennan along with the national intelligence director james clapper and then um <clears throat> former national security advisor um uh susan rice was uh, there as well. So here's the thing. Barack Obama, say, or uh, um, excuse me, the uh, the uh, former National Security Advisor under Obama was not um, Susan Rice. What am I uh, talking about? I, for, I forget who it is. I'll get it to you as the program develops. It is uh, not a big point right now. But anyway, so he brings all of them in and he says, hey, you know, we have to, uh, we kind of have to, as the notes show us, we have to stir up a scandal. Remember that Hillary Clinton said she was going to do this. We need to stir up a scandal and vilify Trump by connecting him with Russia. Uh, okay, does that sound like, is that in any way Donald Trump delegitimized? By the way, sorry about that. It was Susan Rice who was a national security um, advisor. But does that sound like Donald Trump delegitimizing democracy? Or is that what Obama was doing? 
keep in mind as we go through this obama the democrats what do they do they always uh say hey you you republicans you're doing this when it's actually them that are taking the actions and are doing what they're accusing republicans of now after that meeting and remember that's where the logan act as far as general uh lieutenant general michael flynn um where that's raised remember a 33 year general who obama hates flynn because and he fired him in 2014 because uh flynn was hard on you know it took a hard stance as far as radical islamic terrorism goes uh so and remember he set up flynn you know the fbi agents that were sent to interview flynn january 24th 2017 peter struck and uh joe pientka well this is all this all happened at the direction of barack obama well wait so how do we know that well uh uh the uh peter struck can't get my names right today for some reason peter struck the fbi agent said literally in his text messages to his his lover lisa page the fbi lawyer potus wants to know everything so honestly how dare barack obama say that it's donald trump who wants to delegitimize our democracy it's a complete joke because all of this and then we haven't even gotten into the steel dossier which again obama knew about the steel dossier a counterintelligence investigation as annie mccarthy points out by the way there's a piece on annie mccarthy um coming up he says it, it a counterintelligence investigation can't start unless it's given the go-ahead from the president well that president was barack hussein obama obama is the one who tried to delegitimize our democracy remember when uh, oh no trump isn't gonna win is he lisa page says to peter struck no 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 we have an insurance plan it'll stop you know it's like a policy if you die before you're 40 that's what peter struck is saying back to lisa page as well as keep in mind potus wants to know everything how honestly how dare barack hussein obama say it's donald trump who has fought for this country he has fought for every single american that put him there in the first place 72 million americans voted for donald trump i think if you count every single legal vote and by the way the key word there is legal you will see that donald trump won this election handily easily he gained from 2016 to 2020 donald trump gained 10 million votes barack obama lost 4 million votes from 2012 um uh, compare that to 2008 so delegitimizing our democracy donald trump and by the way why because he won't accept the fact that joe biden got all these fraudulent illegal ballots i mean come on we it, it's the democrat party trying to steal an election right in front of our very eyes everyone at this point in time needs to stand up and fight for our democracy not barack hussein obama he doesn't care about our democracy barack obama only cares about barack obama that's it that's how many of the democrat politicians are in, in this day and age um and by the way 
Kaylee McEnany, I was just watching on Fox News, came out and said, hey, we have, you know, as far as um, Wayne County goes, there was, we were talking about that on Tuesday, Wayne County, Michigan, all the uh, 234 affidavits alleging and, and saying, listen, there, there was voter fraud. I saw it. Well, now she's out um, doing, after she's got affidavits in Pennsylvania, where again, the president was up on election night in Pennsylvania by 690,000 votes. And then they just magically find all these mail-in ballots that come in and every single one of them is for Joe Biden. How can anyone really truly believe this? I don't believe it. I stick to saying the same exact thing as I've continuously said on this program is that I believe Donald Trump was reelected. Now, Joe Biden is, is uh, by the way, he broke his promise. He said, you know, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'll wait until the, the, the uh, election's been independently confirmed. Yeah, all right, that was a big lie. He's already out there putting together not only his transition team, but he's got this transition uh, Twitter box page now. And one of the people that he's tapped to be his chief of staff is Ron Klain. Ron Klain was his was an advisor um, for Barack Obama, and uh, during the swine flu, said, "Yeah, we got we got lucky. We didn't we didn't really know what we were doing." Um, now today, here's this uh, tweet that has surfaced: Bill De Blasio on February 13th, Bill De Blasio, mayor of New York City, total joke, can't keep a city. Um, you know, good anymore and prosperous. People are leaving New York City on unbelievable amounts. Remember his daughter saying, I, I'm so grateful that Joe Biden stole an election. That's interesting. But anyway, so he posts on February 13th. Um, it's my honor. Now, remember, February 13th, coronavirus is already here in the United States. It was my honor to spend time with our Asian American owned uh, small businesses in Flushing today. This vibrant community is standing strong, but they need your support. Our Chinatowns are open for business. Make some dinner plans, do some shopping, and stand with our neighbors. Sounds to me like he's encouraging people to go out and spread COVID-19. Now, Ron Klain responds to that and says this exact quote. I'm not making this up. This is his own words. These are his own words. We don't have a COVID-19 epidemic in the U.S., but we are starting to see a fear epidemic. Kudos to the New York City mayor and others for standing against that. Fear is the virus now. It's not COVID-19. You know, we have a great handle on it. We have a vaccine coming in um, from Pfizer. And again, everyone should be questioning the timing of that vaccine. But all COVID-19 now, the, the epidemic, the pandemic we're seeing is Democrat wanting this authoritarian power like they've never had before. They, they're using COVID-19 to, to control every single aspect of your life. You know, like I said, here in New York State, we're going to have Andrew Cuomo, the esteemed governor of New York City, and that's about it. You know, saying that bars and restaurants have to close by 10 o'clock. Well, again, bars do the majority of their business after 10 o'clock. How are they supposed to still run? Where are they going to get funding from? 
And it's not like there's a, a COVID-19 relief package coming in because Republicans and Democrats in the Senate and in the House can't even come together to form a bill. So they're not going to get funding. Why? I don't understand what the rationale, what the thinking is as far as Andrew Cuomo goes. He's destroying New York State. New York City is being destroyed by Bill de Blasio. Why and why do people continue to vote for these two? I really well and truly will never ever understand it. The Democrat Party is not a party of unions anymore. It's not a party of the American worker, of the American family. The Democrat Party is about as anti-American as you get. They're more in line with the Chinese Communist Party than they are any American party. I don't care if it's the Republican Party, Libertarian Party, whatever. They're against America. They're anti-America. Obama and Biden ship jobs overseas like you wouldn't believe. Hunter Biden profiting off of China, $1.5 billion. The Democrat Party is, is basing their new model of their party, their style that they have going on, off of the Chinese Communist Party. They don't care about Americans anymore. They truly don't. Now, Mary, uh, excuse me, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is about as bad as de Blasio, if not worse. A stay-at-home advisory she uh, came out with today for Chicago will go into effect on Monday, November 16th at 6 a.m. This advisory calls on Chicago, Ch Chicagoans, good little people that live in Chicago, Chicagoans, I guess I'll go with, to do the following. Stay home unless for essential reasons. Listen to this. Stop having guests over. Don't you dare have people in your house, including family members. Avoid non-essential travel. How about this one? Cancel. Literally, cancel traditional thanksgiving plans and she's got her advisories on here all chicago residents are advised to stay at home in response to rising covid19 cases so here's what i want to know though because last saturday when the media outlets declared joe biden as the president-elect lori lightfoot herself is on the street and and it's not like this was some independent reporter or a conservative uh reporter that showed this video she has it herself on her twitter box account quote this is a great day for our city and our country we are taking our democracy back she's out there with thousands of people in the streets with this bullhorn and guess what her mask is is, is not even up it's down by her neck so why is that okay? But if anyone else even dares thinks about having anyone over for Thanksgiving, you know, when families, again, in America, guess what? We come together for holidays. We love our families in America. We love seeing them. We love spending holidays together. She says, cancel all traditional Thanksgiving plans. This power of of we get to tell you what to do we get to tell you when to close we get to tell you to wear a mask we get to tell you you can only stay within six you have to stay a six foot distance apart from someone else make no mistake about it this power has gone straight to the democrats heads and they 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 love 
every single bit of pointing that finger at you and telling you exactly what you have to do what you have to do but they don't have to do it for themselves do as i say not do as i do this is tyranny it's democrat this this power that they should never ever have how could anyone vote for a democrat i don't get it you know do do, do we want tyrants do we want dictatorships that they accuse the president of being over and over again? There's only one person standing up for democracy at this point in time. Not Barack Hussein Obama. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Cuomo. It's not de Blasio. It's not Mary, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. It's Donald Trump. That's why this election means so much. That's why they're trying to steal it from Donald Trump. Because if they do then they have this power that you would never, ever believe. And they're destroying their, their cities, their states, destroying the whole country to get it. The Democrat Party doesn't care about America. They only care about having power. No, so here's the thing. Yesterday, two killed, seven wounded, Wednesday in Chicago shootings. Guess what? A 12-year-old boy was among those wounded in gun violence across the city. This is in um, uh, the Chicago public, I believe it's the uh, Chicago Sun-Times. Nine people were shot, two fatally Wednesday across Chicago. In the latest fatal shooting, a man was killed and another person wounded in Lawndale on the west side. So guess what? Lori Lightfoot, you're worried about people staying at home. Why aren't you worried about keeping your city safe? People are dying every single day. Listen to uh, this happened on Tuesday. Six shot, one killed Tuesday in Chicago. Six people were shot, including a 57-year-old man who was killed. The man was found at about 11 p.m. on uh, West Gladys Avenue with a gunshot wounds to his chest. He was taken to Stroger Hospital where he was pronounced dead. How about last weekend? Hollow, um, uh, uh, last weekend, the uh, weekend over Halloween, 43 shot, eight fatally in Chicago. Eight people were killed and 35 others, including four teenagers, teenage American citizens, Guess what? Why doesn't she go to their families and say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not keeping your sons and daughters safe. I can't even keep teenagers safe. Yet, guess what? You better cancel all your Thanksgiving plans. Thanksgiving plans are going to be canceled because there's no family members left. Because they continue to die every single day in Chicago. Get your priorities straight. I mean, they're not coming back. That's the thing. These people are not coming back. How about all the people that have recovered? They've had COVID-19, whether it be a strong case of it, whether it be a weak case, mild conditions, a ton of people have had COVID-19 in this country. And guess what? The overwhelming majority of people that have had it have beaten COVID-19. Guess what they can't beat? A gunshot that's killing them. You can come back from COVID-19. You can't come back from being murdered. The weekend's violence surpassed what the city saw a week earlier when uh, 29 people were shot, four of them fatally, over Halloween weekend. I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. How does a woman so stupid 
like Lori Lightfoot get elected to run Chicago. My, my only suggestion is corruption. It has to be an overwhelming amount of corruption. I really believe that. I'm sorry, but there's no other way that someone that stupid and someone that could care less about her citizens gets elected. Just unbelievable. Get your priorities straight, Mayor. There's people dying on your streets. You go to the parents and say, you know, don't, don't just give them a, you better stay at home unless there's essential travel. You cancel your Thanksgiving plans. How about you tell them that your daughter and your or your son, yeah, they were shot. They're dead. Um, it happens every week. happens every day. Um, and we're going to move on, basically. We got to worry more about COVID than actual gunshots that are murdering American citizens. Imagine if that was you. Imagine if you're the mother or father and you, you, I mean, you read a paper and it says 29 shot in Chicago, four or five of them fatally. And one of the fatal fatalities there was your son or your daughter. How aren't the people of Chicago demanding better from their government? Just beyond me. It really is. Anyway, let's transition to Pennsylvania here because there was a big victory for the Trump campaign in Pennsylvania today. This is from Kyle uh, Becker, Twitter box. Pennsylvania, judge orders segregated ballots should not be counted. It rules the PA Secretary of State, that being Kathy uh, Bookvar, who you know hates Trump, tweets about it all the time. She lacked statutory authority to override election law. Critically, the state has a Republican state legislature. The Supreme Court of the United States may ultimately decide the case now. Uh, Fox News, Pennsylvania Court Secretary of State lacked authority to change deadline two days before Election Day. Pennsylvania judge ruled in favor of the Trump campaign, ordering that the state may not count ballots where the voters needed to provide proof of identification and failed to do so by November 9th. State law said that the voters have until six days after the election, here's that word again, to cure problems regarding a lack of proof of identification after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled that mail-in ballots could be accepted three days after election day. Total joke. It's election day, not election week. Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bookvar submitted guidance that said proof of identification could be provided up until November 12th, six days from the ballot acceptance deadline. You see, by the way, easy enough. You see what's going on here. You see what she's up to. She's desperate to get Donald Trump out of office. So any single ballot that comes in, she probably filled out 15 herself. She was making sure that Donald Trump loses in Pennsylvania. It was aligned with the Trump campaign's argument, which was that there was no basis in the state's law to extend the identification deadline and that Bookvar did not have the power to unilaterally change it. The court had previously ordered that all ballots where voters provided proof of identification between November 10th and 12th should be segregated until a ruling was issued determining what should be done with them. Additionally, the campaign awaits action from the Supreme Court regarding whether the Pennsylvania Supreme Court acted properly in granting the three-day extension for accepting um, mail-in ballots. Now, to me, that's not a hard decision at all. Like I said, we've gone through this before. You know my stance on it. It's clear. It's complete, as can be. Folks, it's election day. 
we should know who the president is on the night of uh, election day. I mean, and now we're we're standing around stuff. I mean, we still there's no certification of who the president is. It's only been the media. Well, there, Donald Trump's the president, but as far as who the president elect is, it's only that. Keep that in mind, by the way, because there's all these lawsuits that the Trump campaign and they have to go through lawsuits because again, it's all the Democrat Party has to steal an election. Their ideas aren't good enough for the American people because they're socialist, radical, extreme socialists and they want to destroy this country from within so of course they can't win without cheating in elections that shows you the morals in the democrat politicians anyway here's something i, I want to make this point because donald trump has gone up against and we've talked about it all the time we've talked about it before he's gone up against the mainstream media he's gone up against the democrat party goes up against Joe Biden, everyone up against Hillary Clinton in 2016, but there's never Trump Republicans out there. And this is not a shot at and Andy McCarthy at all, you know, in, incredible uh, legal mind, uh, Andy McCarthy. And, you know, we talk about his uh, works, his articles, different things that he does um, plenty of times. And, and like I said, he's a Republican. Uh, he was uh, assistant United States attorney for the Southern District of New York. So I don't discredit anything Andy McCarthy says, but I'm I, I'm like you're a Republican. You're why are you writing an article like this at this exact time? And he's been critical of Trump before, Andy McCarthy. This is in the National Review. His article today: a minor win for the Trump team in Pennsylvania. Why do you have to put in minor win? That's what I want to know. The Trump campaign won, again, minor victory today in the multifaceted post-election litigation ongoing in Pennsylvania. A state court ruled that the state government lacked the authority to extend by three days, uh, i.e. until November 12th. The statutory six-day post-election deadline for voters to verify proof of identification. So he says today's ruling is yet another indication of how dismissive Pennsylvania's Democratic-controlled government has been uh, of the principle that the Constitution empowers state legislatures, not courts or bureaucrats, to set the rules for elections. The issue of voter identification was not addressed in the state's Supreme Court, much-disputed rewrite of Pennsylvania's statutory law. Yet, Secretary of State Kathy Bookvar assumed that the judicially- crafted three-day extension for receiving ballots should result in a corresponding three-day extension for verifying voter identity. Now, here's what he says. This is how he ends his um, article. By the way, no problem whatsoever. Fantastic. He's reporting the facts, giving you what you need to know. But this is what, I, this is what threw me off here. As I observed in Tuesday's column, he says, even if the Trump campaign were to prevail on the legal challenges to the state Supreme Court's three-day extension, it could not void nearly enough votes to threaten Biden's victory in the state. To do that, Trump would have to win its federal lawsuit challenging nearly 700,000 votes cast in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. That challenge is uphill, to put it mildly. The president has no realistic chance by the again these are andy mccarthy's words not mine the president has no realistic chance of reversing the overall outcome of the election 
unless he reverses the outcome in Pennsylvania. And even then, he'd also need to reverse it in at least two other states. So, again, hey, Andy, are you a Republican or what? You know, because this is a back-against-the-wall moment. We need all Republicans to come together. We're fighting to save the country. I'm not sure if you got the memo about that. So why a minor win for Trump and the election won't be, um, uh, the outcome won't be reversed. All right, well then, you know, if you want to hold that line, and, and, and if you truly believe that, this is not the time to write an article like that. Whose side are you on? That's what I want to know. Same goes with Carl Rove. Carl Rove is also an old Republican like McCarthy, but he's an old Bush Republican. And again, I have a lot of respect for Karl Rove. I listen to a lot of the stuff um, he says, but this column to me, and this ran yesterday in the Wall Street Journal later on, it was published at uh, 5.38 um, yesterday afternoon, quote, this election result won't be overturned. Karl Rove writes in the Wall Street Journal, it has been an eventful unsettling year a deadly virus struck without warning and claimed almost a quarter million american lives a lockdown demolished personal routines and left us gasping for normality a sudden deep recession snatched newfound prosperity from many families and now a rocket-like recovery lifts up some but leaves many on the launch pad so why not finish out 2020 with a misforecast election as the finale? Karl Rove writes, pundits predicted a blue tsunami of historic proportions that would carry Democrats into the White House, flip the U.S. Senate, and increase uh, the Speaker of the House's Nancy Pelosi's caucus by as many as 20 seats. Well, he says the White House changed hands. Again, he's called it, it's done, but none of the rest uh, has happened. So that there alone should give you indication, Carl, something's going on here. He says there are only three statewide contests in the past half century in which recounts change the outcome. The 1974 New Hampshire Senate race, the 2004 Washington Governor's Contest, and the 2008 Minnesota Senate election. The candidates in these races were separated respectively by 355,261 votes and 215 votes on uh, after Election Day. These margins aren't much like today's Biden's led with Wednesday, uh, excuse me, Biden's lead Wednesday in Wisconsin by 20,000 votes, Pennsylvania by 49,000 votes, Michigan by 146,000 votes, Arizona by 12,000 votes, Nevada by 36,000, and Georgia by 14,000. Uh, thousand votes he rove argues that to win trump must prove systemic fraud with illegal votes in the tens of thousands there is no evidence of that so far there we go again right again apparently he wasn't paying attention to kaylee mckinney and he wrote this uh yesterday so and it was on uh tuesday where she's out saying hey here's all the affidavits that are going on in wayne county in michigan there is no, uh, unless some emerges quickly, the president's chances in court will decline precipitous, precipitously when states start certifying results as Georgia will on November 20th. This is a quick timeline of it, by the way. Georgia will certify results on November 20th. Uh, Pennsylvania and Michigan, November 23rd. 
Arizona November 30th, and Wisconsin and Nevada on December 1st. By seating one's candidate's electors, these certifications will raise the legal bar to overturn state results and make it even more difficult for Trump to prevail before the Electoral College meets on December 14th. Rove says once his days in court are over, the president should do his part to unite the country by leading a peaceful transition and letting grievances go. Now, there's a lot to the article. There's a lot to this last sentence that I have a lot, a lot of problems with. The president should do his part to unite the country. Carl, the last four years, Democrats haven't wanted to work with the president. The president has brought success to this country. We've gone through the accomplishments millions of times. Unity through success. That's what Donald Trump brought to the table. Where do you go off getting the right to say the president should do his part to unite the country by leading a peaceful transition? Well, Barack Obama, Trump trying to delegitimize our country when it was really him, did he let it, did he lead a peaceful transition of power? No. Did he let grievances go? Absolutely not. Donald Trump's been president for almost four years now, and Obama's still out there criticizing Donald Trump. There was no peaceful transition between Obama and Trump. He was spying on his campaign. For three years, Obama set up an investigation to ensure that Trump had trouble. Does that sound peaceful to you? Does that sound like letting grievances go? Again, Carl, whose side are you on here? Do you like a free, fair election? Do you like the free market economic system of capitalism? Or do you want socialism? Do you want a president that has no idea what day of the week it is and is going to not be president for probably more than a year? It'll be Kamala Harris, the most liberal senator in the entire U.S. Senate. Where is the unity there? There's none. Biden himself. Those ugly folks over there, when referring to Trump supporters, 56% of this country, oh, they shouldn't vote for me. And they're chumps. That's what Biden said. You know, a, a guy that calls our military stupid BAS, you can finish the word for yourselves. You know, that's we're going to unite around this guy? I don't think so. How we had four long years, no one wanted to unite with Donald Trump that wasn't a Republican. Hell, there was even some Republicans that didn't want to unite under Donald Trump. But now, for some reason, because it's Joe Biden, now the, now the country's going to be fixed, and it starts with Donald Trump. No, it doesn't start with Donald Trump. Saving this country, giving the power in this country back to the American people started with Donald Trump. There is a Washington, D.C. swamp establishment that right in front of our very eyes is not trying to win power back, but is stealing power back. These, as far as I'm concerned, both of these articles are completely irresponsible. We are in a war right now, a war with the media, with the Democrat Party. We can't allow them to steal this election from Donald Trump. And McCarthy and Rove, who are supposed to be on our team, are out there writing articles being critical of Donald Trump.
I don't get it. I really, truly don't get it. Swamp creatures. That's what they are. Even though they're so-called Republicans, they're swamp creatures that like the D.C. setup. That like that, that, that they're insiders and they know everyone around Washington, D.C. Government, you know, for the people, of the people, by the people, right? Not just by a select group. Look at, look at Joe Biden, a 47-year career corrupt politician. That's who America voted to be president? I don't believe it. I don't believe it one bit. And we need everyone on our side to do that, to be on our side. Just completely irresponsible. Both articles, both articles irresponsible. Now let's talk about the Senate, which by the way, uh, you got Loeffler and Purdue. So we're, we're running this special election, January 5th in Georgia. Now we're talking about Kelly Loeffler uh, put together this ad yesterday, hit ad on uh, Raphael Warnock, uh, um, her opponent. And Raphael Warnock, so he was talk, he was on, um, I believe it was uh, Morning Joe. Yeah, Morning Joe today. Raphael Warnock pushed back on accusations that he was anti-Semitic as his opponent, Senator Kelly Loeffler, attempted to tie him to the controversial Jeremiah Wright. Kelly Loeffler didn't tie him to Jeremiah Wright. Raphael Warnock tied himself to Jeremiah Wright. Jeremiah Wright, by the way, just in case, you know, this is the third day in a row we're bringing up Jeremiah Wright. God, not God bless America. GD America. Obama's pastor. America's chickens. Yeah, 9-11. We deserved it. America's chickens have come home to roost. That's Jeremiah Wright. Does this guy, and by the way, Warnock, that had Fidel Castro in his church, does that really sound like a capitalist to you? Does that sound like someone who loves this country? The comments by Warnock, Democrat heading to the runoff, January runoff against Loeffler, he said, I know Reverend Wright, I'm not an anti-Semite. I've never defended anti-Semitic comments from anyone. And Kelly Loeffler knows better. Didn't he say that cops are like thugs too? You know, he said this is uh, division and distraction. Now, notice that's all they ever say. They never defend their actual comments. They just push back. It's a so-called pushback. They just accuse Republicans of being bad, right? You know, it's just unbelievable. Now, um, I believe it was we were talking about Massachusetts um, Democrats and what they wanted to push forward as far as uh, this, this Roe Act in um massachusetts now i gotta tell you something here because this is just disgusting and this this uh we did do this yesterday in the program boston herald right now i told you that what was in this roe act is that you know they could women can have abortions even if they're under the age of 16 um you know they don't need parental consent if a baby survives the abortion, they can deny health care to it. It's just beyond disgusting. Anyway, though, abortion rights wins victory in Massachusetts House. Expansion of abortion access in Massachusetts took a first step toward uh, first step forward, excuse me, on Thursday when House lawmakers overwhelmingly approved an amendment to their proposed state budget. 
in the wake of the threat to reproductive rights. Again, they always toss it up this way, reproductive rights. In, a, in the wake of a threat to ensure that we can kill babies for women on the national level, that's what DeLeo should have said, I'm proud of the House to remove barriers to kill babies. The move comes 47 years after the Supreme Court ruled, uh, women, ruled women have a constitutional right to safe legal abortions without excessive government interference in the landmark Roe v. Wade decision. The amendment, if successful, would enshrine the right to abortion in the state law as well as expand access to abortions after 24 weeks in cases of fatal fetal an anomalies, not just when necessary to save a woman's life. It would also no longer require women under age 18 to gain permission from a parent or judge to get an abortion. That's what they're doing in Massachusetts. There's your Massachusetts Democrats for you. Again, there's not a party more disgusting, more disgraceful, more awful to this country than the Democrat Party. Now, something that the Democrat Party just loves, loves, loves to do is this whole cancel culture nonsense right so here's this writer abigail schreier um from her twitter box profile i write about culture and law for wall street journal and newsweek now she writes this book it came out in uh june june 30th of this year it's called irreversible damage the transgender craze seducing our daughters all right so it's been out since june uh, the description of it, this is from the book itself, the trans epidemic swapping teenage girls until just a few years ago, gender dysphoria, severe discomfort in one biological sex was vanishingly rare. It was typically found in less than 0.01% of the population, uh, emerged in early childhood and afflicted males almost excessively. But today, whole groups of female friends in colleges high schools, and even middle schools across the country are coming out as transgender. These are girls who had never experienced any discomfort in their biological sex until they heard a coming out story from a speaker at a school assembly or discovered the internet community of trans influencers. What a, what's, a, what's a trans influencer, by the way? Unsuspecting parents are awakening to find their daughters enthralled to hip trans YouTube stars and gender-affirming educators and therapists who push life-changing interventions on young girls, including medically unnecessary double mastectomies and puberty blockers that can cause permanent infertility. So her book is basically warning against this her book will help you understand what the trans craze is and how you can uh, inoculate your child against it and how to retrieve her from this dangerous past now this woman on the twitter box alexa b in her twitter box profile intersectional feminist what even is that what if what what is an intersectional feminist and she's got the uh, the the she her just just so you know just so you know what to call her, you, you had better find out that or oh, oof. they get mad about that, especially if they're this called this. I don't even it's if, if it if isn't even a real thing. Transgender. It's a mental disability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fell up. 
You can't say that. Oh, really? It's not? Start getting tough with these people. It's a mental disability. It's a mental problem. If you think you're some sex that you're not. You're born a male or a female. That's it. There's no in-between. Get help. Get therapy. My good, It's not that hard. But anyway, so she finds this book. Oh, God, she found it today. She's not happy. In 2016, at Target, so the store Target, Target, as some people call it, you released a statement affirming your support for transgender customers. Why are you selling a book notorious for... Uh, a book notorious for its harmful rhetoric against us. Historically harmful products have been pulled from the shelf, and this should be too. She describes herself as a, quote, living cancel culture. And then there's this other woman who was um, Blue Iris 04 on Twitter. She, they, again, you got, you, she, they, you, you, what are you going to call a person, right? Hey, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's what, that's what they want to do. They, there's only one person. Where's the other person? What is it, two people inside one human body? I mean, my goodness, what is going on with this world? What is going on with our country? She, they, hey, hey, uh, no, you can't have that. That's hers. Well, that that's theirs. Oh, I, th I thought it belonged to a singular person there. You know, last time I checked, there's only one soul inside every human body. But anyway, so she's mad too. She is mad too. She says, uh, she, by the way, the tweet's been deleted now at this point. Sorry, I can't um, view it because uh, there's no following going on here. Target, though, how about this? Thank you so much for bringing this to our attention there. <laughs> we, we have removed this book from our assortment. So think about the time, okay? Think about the time and energy. Now, Democrats don't worry about this. This cancel culture thing never takes into account the time, effort, work, and energy that it took for people to do this, right? I'm pretty sure that Abigail Schreier didn't just sit down one day and say, hey, here's a piece of paper. Uh, I can't stand transgender people. Publish this, please. She took her time. She's worried about daughters growing up and becoming this trans thing and you're not you, people not getting the proper help for them so she says target just made my book disappear does it bother anyone that woke activists and spineless corporations now determine what americans are allowed to read well it bothers me i mean this is the same so now we're seeing target censor a book that people don't agree with when did freedom of speech go away? This is an attack on our First Amendment. Again, all by the Democrats. When's the last time you've seen a Republican or a conservative come out, see something they disagree with, and say this needs to be canceled immediately? It doesn't happen. We believe in this country. We believe in this Constitution. And we believe in the First Amendment. Unlike the Democrats, when I tell you that the Democrats are trying to destroy this country from within, I mean it with everything I say. Now, there was a pushback on the Democrats. This was highlighted by, and I, I haven't gotten into this as much. This is as far as the House goes. Andre Telezhenko puts on the Twitter box that there are now 10 Republican flips in the House. California's 48th district, Michelle Steele, 
Florida's 26, Carlos uh, Jimenez. Florida's 27th, Maria Elvira Salazar. Iowa's first, Ashley Hinson. Um, Michigan's first, that being Peter Meijer. Uh, Minnesota's seventh, Michelle Fishbach. New Mexico's second, Yvette Harrell. I remember talking about all these people, by the way, on um, election night. I remember us going through um, them. And uh, uh, by the way, so let me continue. New York's 11th, Nicole Mal uh, Malotakis. Um, Oklahoma's fifth, that being uh, uh, Stephanie Bice. South Carolina's first, uh, Nancy May. So the Republicans have gained these seats in the House of Representatives. I remember when Fox News and even Brett Bayer um, highlighted that they were wrong about that. Well, if they're wrong about that, why aren't they? Why can't they be wrong about the presidency? I believe well and truly with all my heart that they were. Oh, by the way, Alex um, Bruchowitz, I don't want to forget this. He's um, CEO of X Strategies DC, uh, easier to remember, advisor to conservative politicians, public figures, and organizations. He says, and this is in regard to Karl Rove's piece, just met with top Bush Gore litigation lawyers in DC. They are not MAGA types. Yeah, to say the least, in other words, Trump supporters. They said that they respectfully disagree with Karl Rove's assessment of the situation and that they believe President Trump has not one, not two, multiple paths to victory. So, again, that good to hear. Um, Project Veritas. So, we've been, we've been going through Project Veritas and what they've been doing. They've been excellent. James O'Keefe, I mean, deserves a medal, deserves as many praises as possible. He's just incredible for the work that he does. But he's out with a new piece today, a new whistleblower. And the thing that makes... Uh, Project Veritas and James O'Keefe so successful. I shouldn't say story, by the way. It's the people. There's new people that come forward that you know he doesn't pay them. He, he or excuse me, I I think he pays them, you know, to give their story and stuff. But they go, you know, we got this Richard Hopkins USPS um mailman that you know he didn't know James O'Keefe before this or Project Veritas. He said he saw a problem. He reported it. Oh, wait till we get into what the uh, what the uh, the Russ Russ Strasser or whatever it was the guy that was conducting the investigation said. You know, I'm not twisting you. I am scaring you. Um, where do you hear his, some of his tweets? They're coming up momentarily. But anyway, there's a new USPS whistleblower in a Philadelphia suburb detailing orders to stop delivering Trump and Republican mail. Another postal worker has come to Project Veritas with a story of political bias inside the United States Postal Service. This happens in uh, Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. He says, uh, James O'Keefe, and by the way, the guy's, the postal worker's um, identity is hidden. His voice is uh, uh, covered up. He says, tell me what your boss told you on November 9th. We were told that the only political mail that will be delivered from now on will be that of the winner, in this case, Joe Biden. So the supervisor there, Walter Lee, says, James O'Keefe asks, why did Walter Lee instruct postal workers to discard Trump 
and Republican mail as undeliverable. He says, I'm not sure if that came from a higher up above him. He says, well, why did he say to keep delivering Biden mail? All political mail, the worker says, for Biden was to be continued to be treated as first class and delivered the day it was received. Uh, he says the Trump votes were supposed to go to this undeliverable bulk business mail. He says, what happens to that, James O'Keefe asks. The worker says, I believe it goes back to the plant, but you'd be undeliverable mail, bulk business mail, is essentially a step away from the garbage. So that's what's happening to Trump votes. Boop, right in the garbage. Biden votes, get them there. Get, get, get them in, get them in, get them in. They're Biden votes, right? But not Trump votes. Think we really have a free and fair election? O'Keefe says, do you asks, excuse me, do you think the U.S. Postal Service should be playing politics? Says, no. I think we're a delivery service and that's not really our place. O'Keefe asks the worker, if required, would you be willing to, if it came to it, would you testify under oath that this information is true? Yes, the worker says, if I was required to go under oath, I would. O'Keefe says, how many people work, how many people heard what you heard? He says, close to 30. So that's what's happening as far as the USPS goes. This is the second whistleblower we've had come forward, say that things are not right in the U.S. Postal Service, that there's a clear bias for Joe Biden. Um, now, on top of that, James O'Keefe has released the Twitter account for Russell Strasser, um, who coerced and bullied the USPS whistleblower, that being Richard Hopkins. He shut down his Twitter account, Russell Strasser did. How about this, though? There's screenshots of some of his tweets. Listen to this. This guy's supposed to be impartial, right? There's supposed to be no bias from this guy who was interviewing Richard Hopkins, who was the whistleblower uh, for um, saying that, hey, guess what? There's uh, there's ballots that are being backdated. Uh, 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 yeah, backdated here. I can't really, you know, like I said, I haven't had the best words tonight. Anyway, um, so this is what he posts, right? This is his Twitter account, at Titans fan Jeff. October 15th, for your plans tonight, do not watch Trump's town hall, not even for the, for the, um, schedule fraud, schedule fraud, whatever this guy's talking about, I mean, come on, you know, all he cares about is ratings, don't give them to him, November 3rd, break of dawn, heading out to vote, deep breaths, it will most likely be a long day, November 4th, this is the way the election ends, not with a bang like expected, but uh, but uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania after T.S. Eliot. Hang tight, everyone. It's not done yet. Count every vote. November 6th. This election has been a ride. Everyone said be patient. Everyone said the initial in-person vote counts would be a red mirage. Everyone said the slower counted mail-ins would lean heavily blue. But boy, it is satisfying to watch Biden close the Georgia-Pennsylvania um, gap. November 6th, again, Stacey Abrams, y'all, Stacey Abrams, she is America, keep counting, guess what happened now, the account doesn't exist, do you sound impartial to you, do you sound like there's no bias to him whatsoever, um, and I just want to end with a quick piece on Kevin McAuliffe, he's a um, radio guy, 
He wrote a piece in Town Hall today. Why he fights for us. Former Vice President Joe Biden said this week that President Donald Trump was embarrassing himself due to what Biden described as a selfish desire to stay in office. Biden claimed to not be able to comprehend why Trump is unwilling to surrender the outcome as it's currently projected. Well, um, uh, McAuliffe explains, this election was held, the media called it, and as far as everyone is concerned, to Team Biden. Maybe it would settle if we pesky Americans wouldn't think for ourselves. But for now, we're still legally allowed to do so. It's the cognitive dissonance in the we the pe in we the people's minds that in fact is not allowing us to give President Trump permission to concede yet. You see, he feels an obligation to us. Unlike Joe Biden, President Trump didn't need to take the job. He could have avoided all the horrific treatment he's endured for the last four years if he had chosen not to volunteer his time and serve while simultaneously watching his net worth diminish by billions. He had a better plane, a bigger bed, and he had chosen to not bother himself with trying, or and he could have chosen to not bother himself with trying to save America for those who have pledged to their deaths to radically transform her. But he did. And now we, the people who hired him, have uncovered what appears to be the worst truth concerning the greatest crime committed against America, the theft of our voice. And until we have answers that this is not the case, we, the people, require him to stand and fight. We have questions that need answering. How are there 353 counties with 1.8 million more registered voters than there are residents. Why, as the Trump campaign has claimed, were so many GOP poll watchers disallowed access to observe ballots and do their job in Philly while it was processed hundreds of thousands of ballots? Um, identically, the same question stands for Cabo Arena in Detroit. Was it constitutional for bureaucrats and state judges to change election procedures that violated that laws that defined election parameters? There are a good many more questions that we the people need answered. But he says, let's begin with that. But you know what? For President Trump, it's never been about anything but the power of his love for this nation and the people. For Joe Biden, not to be perceived as anything less than the 140 million people that cast legal votes, he must prove to us that for him, it is not just about a love for power. And that, I think, really sums it up. He says, we want and are now demanding transparency and an accurate counting of every legal vote. Kevin McAuliffe sums it up perfectly there. For Trump being president is his, is his power for love of the American people. But for Biden to be president, it's about his love for power. It's a, it's a great comparison. But that's why we, the American people, do not accept the outcome of this election. There are 72 million Americans legal votes for Donald J. Trump. I do not believe all the votes cast for Joe Biden were legal. I believe a ton of them were fraudulent. Keep fighting. Keep on keeping on basically have faith 
you know, there is good in this world. And if good's going to prevail in this election, then we are going to see that it wasn't Joe Biden, who, as the media claim, is now the president-elect. If good prevails, we will see that Donald J. Trump was re-elected. I believe that. I really well and truly believe it with everything that I have. So keep the faith. Keep on fighting because it's not just a fight for Donald Trump. It's a fight for our entire country.